Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Dr. Enrico Dolcecore. We had a great podcast last week about living to 100 and longevity. It brought up a lot of great questions and a great response. I thought, hey, we got to do this again. Let's talk about living a long, healthy life and the things we can do by studying the people around the world that actually get there. Just like anything in life, when we look at raising a healthy family, marriages, finances, career, whatever it is, whenever you come to a point in your life where you're like, I want more, I want to learn more, the best first route is to figure out who do you need to talk to? Who are the top one, two, three people that you need to talk to to learn more about that? Or one, two, three resources that you should incorporate to learn more about that to guide you there. And typically, what we end up doing is we find a coach or somebody in the healthcare field to help us with our health or somebody in the financial field to help us with our wealth or somebody in the um, counseling world to help us with our marriage, whatever it is to take it to the next level because we truly value that. Same thing comes with our, our health and life. Um, we want to look at those things. So by looking at people that have made it to 100 years old or more, uh, you want to try and study and see what they did right. You know, humans are humans. We all have DNA and genetics and we all have a past and we we all have um, epigenetics that we can turn on and off. But it, it's interesting to study. And my story went through, you know, my family living up, living in two of the five blue zones in the world. I, I don't want to get too um, lax with my health and be like, my genetics are great. But also, on the other hand, I want to learn from them to have a high quality life. Who doesn't want to have a high quality life? So what are the things that we can do to help do that? And I think studying the blue zones is going to just dive deeper into the things that we can do as a society and for our families and eventually for ourselves to help us work towards longevity in a high quality and quantity. Um, that That's great too. So just a recap of the blue zones. The blue zones are areas that researchers have found from around the world where people in that society in that area have lived to 100. So they have the highest concentration of centarians is what it's called. And we can review them. There was Japan. There was California, Loma Linda, California. There was uh, Italy, Greece, and Costa Rica. So there's these communities there, and they're, they're hyper-local communities like Sardinia in Greece or Loma Linda, California, or uh, Osaka, Japan, where these people lived to be along. So we di- we dive a little bit deeper in there and we, we broke down the things that they did and diet, of course, was number one. We talked about diet and we, we ended up concluding that the Mediterranean type diet was the universal diet across all five of those blue zones that are heavily predominantly based plant-based diets. So vegetables and fruits made up over 80%, in some areas, over 90% of their diet. So from day to day, it was a vegetable-based diet. Um, they Unprocessed, it was typically fruits, vegetables, legumes, uh, whole grains, and nuts played a good role in that as well. And different areas of the world have different types of nuts, which gives us the different types of fats. That's where they get the majority of their fat from, not from meat, right? They do consume moderate amounts of lean protein, including fish, beans, 
and they limit their intake. Believe it or not, most of them limit their intake of red meat and processed foods. Now, if you look at Kithra and Costa Rica, they're islands, and, and Japan, they're islands that cattle are not easy to come by. And if you want red meat, it's super expensive. Always has been for 200 plus years. It's just the way of resources and how it works. So that was interesting. And then in Sardinia, they don't default to red meat a lot. They love their prosciutto, you know, some pig. But aside from that, it's heavily based on fish and vegetables for them as well. And then Loma Linda was the oddball where they are vegetarians. Uh, so they don't even eat the meat. So there, there was the big thing in the diet that we could dissect a little bit deeper is that red meat in, in high quantities may be linked to disease processes that resist us from making it to 100. Does that make sense? That's just study. That's correlational. It's research. It's just the way it is. And those, those things over the generations where people said, you know, avoid red meat, avoid too much red meat. It's not good for you. Kind of important advice to take from our ancestors, even with the movement today of the carnivore diets and uh, eat beef and uh, go to the gym and eat more beef and then go to the gym and eat more steak and then go to the gym and be constipated for three days and then go back to the gym and then have an accident because you're pushing it too hard at the gym. Then you're not constipated anymore. And then you go back home and eat more beef. So <laughs> I hope you're understanding where I'm going with that. Um no, it, it, it's not a good thing to eat that type of food. So red meat consumes a lot of the toxins from the animal itself. I don't care if it's grass-fed, grass-finished, grass-coated in Japan, in, in a you know um, Kobe beef. I don't care what it is. It's just red meat over time in high quantities have been led to digestive disorders. And digestive disorders pretty much dismantle the entire immune system, which can dismantle the entire health system in the body. So that that's where that research kind of pulls to. Okay. So that was number one, the blue zones limit red meat and consume 80 to 90% vegetable or plant-based diet. Very cool to understand and to think about when we nourish ourselves, where our nourishment should come from. We should probably listen to those principles. Number two, physical activity. All the blue zones are physically active, but we've said in the last podcast that they don't go to crunch fitness that is on every corner on every street. They don't have that stuff, especially on the islands. So how they keep themselves active is with their daily routines in the natural environment. So walking, gardening, manual labor, and you know they, they, they don't rely heavily on modern conveniences like tractors and all this stuff and, and all the extra stuff. They're living in a non-modernized type influence. Stuff surround they're surrounded by the modern area. All these places, Japan, Italy, Greece, these are not third world world countries. These are first world countries with all the amenities, but these communities kind of avoid it and don't care for it. They're living a more natural lifestyle. So that's interesting as well. So that physical activity comes from natural movement. Let's talk a little bit more about natural movement, is it's not exertion. Don't need to be going to the gym doing high intensity hit workouts. Um that make you live to 100 years old. We actually know that is not the way to do it. But we do know that regular daily exercise is a catalyst to living a long, healthy life and preserving function and, and pr 
preserving bone density and preserving motility and circulation and cardiovascular health and brain health. We know the benefits of that. So not bashing if you go to the gym. That's great because you're getting your daily movement in. So if you work at a desk all day, you got families, you're driving kids, you're in the car, you're at the desk, you're seated most of the day. Yes, the gym is such a great um, way to just get your exercise in or a home gym or whatever it is or a run or a jog or a lift or a bike or whatever it may be. These things are great. We're not breaking these things down. It's just the blue zones avoid those modern things and rely on their environment to get their exercise in. Pretty cool there. The biggest thing that we've learned through all of this is number three. So number one, diet. Number two, physical activity. Number three, social engagement the mental health component of these blue zones is that they are constantly surrounded by friends and family. Social connections and strong community bonds are important aspects of these blue zones. That's what's happening. People that live in these areas have close-knit relationships and communities that they rely on their neighbors, their friends, and their family. And, and that's the cool thing about that. So regular social interactions play a big role in the overall well-being and longevity of people because their mind is stimulated with purposeful, purposeful interactions, purposeful interactions. My wife and I uh, talk about this all the time. We, we've moved ourselves from our families. My wife's family's in Michigan. My family's up in Calgary, Canada, and my extended family's in Europe. Her extended family is old. I'm just, I'm just being on or densely around that area in Michigan. Uh, but she's an only child. Her parents, you know, uh, parents, siblings didn't have many kids. So smaller knit family, mine too, small knit family here, but huge extended family out in Europe, tons of cousins and second cousins and, and all that stuff. Cause my dad's one of seven. My mom's an only child, those types of things. So we have family out there, but we separated ourselves from our, our close knit family and moved ourselves to Florida. And we live in Florida now for the last few years. And we've realized, okay, the, the social interaction plays such a big role. Yes, we have our kids. They drive us freaking nuts though. And and that's <laughs> that's what kids do. We have three kids. Um, but that that's not the social interaction. Yes, they fill our hearts. Yes, they fill our purpose. Um, and yes, they do, they do have that connection. But have, building a community around you plays a, a, such a big role too. And it's just natural. They tell us, you know, as doctors, don't make friends with your patients. Um, but we uh, actually counteract that. We, we do. We build our relationships around the people that think like us. And we're chiropractors. So if they're coming to our office, they're cuckoo just like us, right? And they're coming there and we're all striving to live to 140 years old, right? And if you're going to do that, you better see a chiropractor for sure. So the, and the, the conversations that we have are about purpose our purpose and our belonging in our communities. So, and they play a big role. So my wife always says, you know, there's really, she doesn't have the limit because of being a, a mom taking care of three kids. She doesn't have the capacity for uh, non-meaningful relationships in, in a good way. You know, the, the, the gandering talk, how's the weather? How's Tom Brady here in Tampa? Oh, he's retired. Boo-hoo. She doesn't care about this, that type of conversation. It's meaningful and purposeful conversations about life and uh, raising kids and, and being a professional or, um, you know, traveling or seeing the world or eating healthy. Um, and, and that's, and we define that we live our purpose because we do it through our career and we teach our kids this stuff. So, and I, I see the value in that. And when it's not there, it's stressful. It's almost stressful when you don't have someone to lean on. So, 
we get it too. We get it. We put ourselves in that position, but we also need to surround ourselves with that. So isolation and seclusion actually is more detrimental than anything else. Uh, we know this. The mental health crisis is increasing. It's not getting better. Uh, COVID did not help our societies around the world at all. It actually made them worse. Uh, we can get on to all that stuff too. So the importance of purpose and belonging is number four. You know, having a sense of purpose played a crucial role in all the blue zones. When they talked to people, not only were they genuinely happy, um, they all said the same thing about having a purpose. So like, well, I can't. I can't get sick. I got uh, I got uh, a lawn darts match every Thursday with my friends, and I got I got to tend to my garden. And who's going to take care of my animals? And they had a sense of purpose in the farm and their garden and their and their community and their kid, of course, their families and their kids. And they were like ninety two years old. Right? Well, I can't I can't slow down now. I got all this to, to, to be grateful for. And it created a sense of purpose. Very cool. I remember my grandmother. So my great grandmother, one hundred and eight. My grandmother, ninety eight. My uh, had a couple other centennials in our family as well. All my dad's side, not in Sardinia, but in Naples, Italy. And they all grew up close to the volcano, close to Pompeii. And I was like 11 years old and we were visiting that summer. And I remember my dad's like, go, go get this loaf of bread to grandma. She's going to need it for breakfast, like in the morning. So it was like 9.45 in the evening. It's dark. The sun goes down about 7, 38 o'clock. Uh, and it was dark and I'm going up this gravel road. There's five houses up, so maybe a quarter mile. I go up and she startles me because she's sitting outside in her rocking chair knitting. And I thought she was inside. So I was going up to the door and she's right off to the left. And I'm like, Nona, que cosa fai? Like, what's going on right now? What are you doing? And and she's knitting. I can barely see her needles or what she's knitting. I'm like, how are you, first off, why are you up? And two, how are you knitting? And this was back in like... 1994. So we got 20, 10, 20, 30 years ago, 98. She was probably like 70, 70. Yeah. 69, 70. And, uh, at that time, you know, 70 years old, she, she could see it. But, uh, I was always, I'm just like, how do you see that? And, and it was, my grandmother was alive at that time too. And my great grandmother and same thing, like perfectly walking, no one had wheelchairs. And you thought that was the norm growing up. Talked about Nona. You talked about your your family members, and you just thought it was normal. I just had a great uncle just pass. He's ninety six, I think, just the last year in, in Greece too. And he would just walk every single day. And the thing that frustrated him the last four years, from uh, ninety two to ninety six, was his inability to walk. He could only make it like up the road and back, and his legs would just ache. He had like post neuropathy from being a diabetic for most of his life. He was lean. He was lean, so he kept he kept uh, well with that. But to make it to 96 like that, and, and you could see when that started to happen, it went quickly, four years in, but not the typical exit that most of North America faces in, in a hospice and with neglect and, and health falling down. So anyways, it, it's just cool how these, these podcasts come from real-life um, situations in our life. So that's cool, too. Guess what number six is? On this list, and there's only six. We're we're wrapping up the podcast. Number six. This is something that you don't need to do, but it's something that came up in the last last podcast. And two people asked me about this about wine. They're like, "Don't the Italians like wine?" And I was like, "Yes," because they were talking about alcohol. So all the blue zones have one rule in common: is that most of them avoid alcohol or minimize their consumption of alcohol in all areas. So only some of the blue zone populations have a tradition where they actually consume alcohol. 
So and then and of course the the example was in um, Okinawa and in Italy where they love their wine and their rice based alcohol called sake, right? And so the the Okinawans would not give up their sake, and the Italians in no way were giving up their wine, the Chianti. So there was, and that's where all the research came in the 70s, 80s, and 90s on retinol and the red grapes and the reversatol and the tannins and wine. We were talking about wine and they said, no, a glass of wine a day is actually good for you. And they're like, no, a glass of wine is actually bad for you because it's alcohol. And back and forth, just like eggs and just like everything else goes back and forth. But the consensus is that in low moderation, it was not a hesitant or a resistance to living a long, healthy life. Most researchers have concluded that saying alcohol is a good thing for health is probably something we should lean back on because the research doesn't support that. However, in moderation, it's not a hindrance, like something like smoking. There's no such thing as, well, if you smoke in moderation, you'll be okay. I know you all have a great aunt from Ohio that smoked a pack of, day, a pack of cigarettes a week and made it to 100. I, I always hear that story. Like, well, aunt, aunt, uh, aunt Lucy made it to 100. Well, well whatever. Okay. Uh, but the general research says that smoking is not good for you. So there you go. Those are the six things. Let's recap really quick. Number one, your diet, plant-based, heavily plant-based diet. Uh, meat is for fun. And when you look at these traditions and you dig deep into ancient Greece, ancient Romans, and, and you come back from that stuff, that's the part of the world that I got to get in, encapsulated in and engulfed in with the philosophy from that part of the world because I'm first generation North American, but first generation Canadian, but all my parents are from back there. So the history there is just amazing. And, and as you get older, you kind of, you almost like, man, I took that for granted. What did I have around me? But the diets, and they always said meat is for fun. Meat is for special occasions. Meat was the, the Thanksgiving turkey was the turkey was for Thanksgiving. It wasn't it wasn't turkey every Friday, right? Like our society does. So and why? Because it was expensive. It, that's the reason why it was expensive to get good meat. Physical activity, tending to something every single day by using your body is the way to do it. You live in North America, probably the gym. If you tend to a farm in rural America, probably don't need to go to a gym. Uh, social engagement. So, so important, having a purpose, reducing stress. We skipped over number four there uh, on purpose because we talk about stress all the time. Um, blue zone residents have strategies for man managing their stress. They include like routines to actually take time and relax. And in, in many parts of Europe, they still hang on in rural areas of siesta, the time to just take a nap in the middle of the day. I remember in Greece, like I'd be like at one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm going to go get an ice cream. And they were like, my aunt's like, what are you talking about? They're closed. I'm like the convenience store is closed. Like, yeah. What? What's happening? It's like one they They're like, yeah, they open up at three. I'm like, oh, what's going on? This Canadian kid didn't know what was going on, but they were time to relax in the middle of the day. They either meditate or engage in activities or take a nap. They just enjoy time to themselves every single day. That does not include nighttime sleep. And it all played a part in mindset and reducing stress, mental stress, and just taking a break. And we should do that too. We should take a break from our work, even if it's for 30 minutes, stepping away, doing something you enjoy, take the dog out for a walk, sit down, relax, listen to a podcast, go into a closed room, close your eyes, whatever it may be. We don't do that. And we, I think we need to get touched in that. So stress reduction, having a purpose, 
and moderate consumption of alcohol doesn't doesn't hurt you. Super cool stuff, isn't it? I, I, I love this stuff. If you have more questions, please reach out. That was really fun. If you have any other ideas to talk about, let me know. I always love topics, but I could talk all day. So this podcast isn't going anywhere. We're going to be around for a long time. Take care. Stay well. Live well. Enjoy those things. Reduce stress. And be grateful for every moment that you have. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.